And now, now from now, Candlestick now. Point in San Francisco, California, it's the Stick, Stick, Stick 49er Podcast Show with your hosts, Lucas McLaughlin and Lucas Ortiz. This is a Lucas and Lucas production. Please like and subscribe. How about a nice sound bite to cheer you up, Niner fans? A six-year-old gets an entire section going with the Go Niners chant at Candlestick, and we need them now. The Niners fall to the Bills, final score 34-24 to on Monday Night Football. 49ers dropped to the record of 5-7. and seven. I was feeling pessimistic, and I sent a text to Lucas, something to the effect of, there goes the season. It's over, Johnny. It's over! And I was reminded by an optimistic reply... And Lucas reminded me that nothing is over. Nothing. You just don't turn it off. And I did what I had to do to win, but somebody wouldn't let us win. If the Niners were to lose a game, that was the one. Now, you know, the team that, that we watched, they're going to have to make some adjustments because that ain't going to do it. But if there's a tiebreaker, it'll be NFC related. So the 49ers still have a chance at the playoffs. I'm joined by professional personal trainers and good friend Lucas Ortiz now. Lucas, are you there? What's up, Lucas? I'm here, buddy. How are you? So how's your uh, Niners lost on Monday night hangover doing? Yeah, it's not doing too well right now. That was a tough loss. You know, it, it just makes getting into the playoffs that, that much harder. You know, now there's very little room for error. Um, we actually can stand to lose one more game. And if I think if we win the next three and have to finish up at Seattle depending on how these other teams that were competing for the, the final playoff spot are, are going to do over the next three weeks, we may not even have to win that last game against Seattle. So there's some, there's some things that are still going our way. It's not, it's not a completely lost season just yet. We're definitely going to have to win the next three and then see how, uh, see how it goes. There's one thing I want you to do for me. What? Come here. What? Win. Win. What are we waiting for? Nice. We need to learn from this loss. I think the Niners are going to have a really good get-back game. We're going to host the Redskins next week uh, in Arizona. <laughs> That's a very winnable game. The Cowboys, very winnable game. Cardinals, very winnable game. And then we'll see what happens. Yeah, it's strange that they moved to Arizona where COVID's actually worse <laughs> than it is in Santa Clara. Right. I mean, what else could they do? Right. Let's keep you safe by take, uh, sending you to an area where it's far higher risk <laughs> of getting infected and up is down, black is white. It's just one of those kind of things right now where the Niners are just going to have to deflect and dodge and slip and just try to get out of the way of all these bullets. So it is what it is, my friend. I think we can all agree that if they're going to make a run at the playoffs and uh, try to win out here, that would have to be in conjunction with the return of George Kittle and Jimmy Garoppolo, which was very obvious watching that game. We had some chances. The Niners basically were unable to stop Josh Allen, who had an unbelievable game. Incredible game. Buffalo offense looked really good. And the Niners defense, they just didn't have any answers. It seemed like <laughs> that Buffalo was the only one making adjustments. And the pass rush, I think we had one sack the entire game, really. And that was uh, that Deion Jordan, which was really nice sack. But, you know, we're going to have to apply more pressure, obviously. Yeah, it wasn't all that bad on the defensive end. They were actually, at, at times, getting pressure on Josh Allen. But... He would escape pressure. He would. It seemed like every time uh, there was pressure, it was on his left, and that would 
push him out of the pocket to his right, which is his strong suit. And that's just where he right. was tearing us apart. I mean, he was in Beasley and Stephon Diggs and uh, who's the other kid, McKenzie. I mean, it just seemed like every time he rolled to his right, yeah. there was somebody wide open. And it was just that extra three or five seconds. That's all he needed to to wait for guys to finally get open. I mean, our guys are good at covering, but you can't expect them to cover for five, six, seven seconds at a time. Yeah. So the D line, when they did get pressure, unfortunately it was only from one side and he was able to escape or uh, even sometimes just move up in the pocket if that pressure was on the outside and there wasn't that much push in the middle. First quarter, the game was exciting. It looked kind of promising. We stopped them on that goal line stand, uh, the one yard line. Then we drive all the way down, and then they stop us at the one-yard line. They, they, <laughs> they got shut the out on the goal line. Yeah. Jeff Wilson, I mean, what are you doing, buddy? You're trying yeah. to run over 6'4", 235-pound uh, <laughs> linebacker, Tremaine Edmonds, and that's just not that's just not going to happen. As much momentum and as much power as he, he runs with, yeah. he's not going to truck that guy into the end zone. So I would have liked to have seen him just kind of veer and kind of find a soft spot. Plenty of room to his left and looking at that play again. You know, scramble the quarterback out to the right or something. If he can find someone open, throw it. If not, run to the the uh, pylon. Yeah, know? why not give it to Debo on an end around, right? Or a yeah. little pitch toss. So uh, just be a little more creative. But I think we should have scored on that first drive. The next play, we cause a turnover. The Niners get the ball back. And then uh, Mullins hits Ayuk for that little two-yard touchdown pass. That was beautiful. It looked good at that point you know had some uh, really good energy for the game then in the second quarter you know that offense just started to fizzle out and you know you can only stay strong on defense if you need some drives to keep them off the field and they started getting kind of tired and then josh allen seems to be converting almost every third down and then once you go down by 10 we start to abandon the run and shanahan seems to me that it's almost like a panic mode where we start throwing on nearly every down, you know, and they never really got Debo involved early. And that's a mistake. You know, by the time he started getting catches, it was almost garbage time. What was going on there? Yeah, it's almost like they forgot Debo was on the team. We didn't see any kind of the, uh, the X-Force package runs or pitches that we normally see with Debo to, to really attack the edge of the defense. And, and I think that's one of the biggest um, weak spots on their team. It's just like I've seen some Buffalo Bills games this year, and they've been beat on those types of plays. And for whatever reason, Kyle Shanahan decided to keep most of those plays in his hip pocket, maybe thinking the game was going to be tight, you know, going deep into the game. And he was uh, on the line, maybe not show his hand a little too early. But by the time they got it to Debo, it was already, you know, good night, Irene. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you thought Mostert was going to have a big game in the first quarter. Exactly. I really don't know why they, they kind of abandoned the game. I mean, even when you're down 17 points, in the third quarter, you, you can still run the ball. There's plenty of time. Our running backs are, especially most, are game breakers. And they can easily take any ball, any pitch to the house. So yeah. don't abandon the game. You know, you got to stick with those body punches, which is essentially our running game. And even those little short passes, uh, pitches, reverses, things like that are really going to stress the defense out and make them run sideline to sideline. And we just... We didn't, we didn't have a really good rhythm to that game other than that first scoring drive. The defense, they looked good at times. You know, they looked great against the Rams the previous week. So it, it was just kind of a letdown. It was a little disappointing. To... One thing I want to talk about, and I, I, hopefully you can elaborate a little bit more on this, is it seemed like our defense was handicapped by having to play a four-string 
nickel cornerback. For most people that didn't pay attention, Dante Johnson was the starting nickel back because Emmanuel Mosley was inactive uh, due to injury. And he's the guy that would have played that position. K1 Williams is the uh, the number one starter. He's on the IR. Jamar Taylor was the backup to him. He's on the IR. But Emmanuel Mosley came in and had a really good game at that position last week yeah. against the Rams. And most people thought that he would come in and, uh, and, and play another stellar game. But unfortunately, that just didn't happen. We had to go with Dante Johnson. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think that if affected Robert Sala's game calling. Definitely. I mean, let, let's face it. Dante Johnson has been playing for this team for seven or eight years, and he's still ineffective. Yeah. You know, I guess when you have that many injuries, you know, you got to roll the dice with certain guys. But when it comes down to it, you know, it's still Dante Johnson. You could put any number on him. He's still going to be ineffective. I'm not really sure. That was a little disappointing to me, too, that after that long, you just know that he's not suddenly going to have a breakout game. Right. <laughs> yeah, I, I think just overall the, the DBs had a pretty poor game. And yeah. Tavares Moore had a really bad game. He he got burnt three or four times, a uh, couple, yeah. couple on a pick play. But, you know, it just looked like there was a lot of uncertainty, a, a lack of communication out there. They've done studies, and they've found that in any system that relies on cooperation, from a school of fish, say, or even a professional team, for example, these experts have identified communication as the number one single key to success. Barrett got burned a few times as well, you know, when, when they went man-to-man. Barrett got burned. Barrett got burned. And, uh, yeah, Richard Sherman. He talked a lot this week. <laughs> Richard Sherman was talking about how he's going to be all sad if they don't re-sign him, and it's just he doesn't see it happening. And, you know, right now we need to win games. You need to stay focused on the game and show it. If you really want that money and you want to play next season, you got to come to play, and hey, he did not have one of his better games. He played really solid against the Rams his first game back. Yes, and we need him out there. But man, what's your take on Richard? Do you, you want him back? You think he will be back next year? I'm thinking walking papers, man. I mean, if he's going to play on the corner, I, he's not as competitive as he used to be. Maybe we should draft a corner and start thinking about the future. What do you think? So I, I'm, I'm going to go with the opposite take. I think we should keep him. I think we need to keep him just from a, a leadership stance. Um, yes, he's lost a step, but he's still a very good cornerback. Um, you just have to play to his strengths, and I think uh, part of that is is having guys that, that that play well with him, guys that can cover one-on-one, guys that can you know let him do his thing and play more of a, a safety-ish type position, even if it's at the cornerback yeah. uh, spot. Um I just really like him back there as a, as a guy that other guys can learn from. I mean, there's just so much knowledge, so many years of experience. You can't teach championship experience. But if you do re-sign him, you know, he's got to stay healthy. I mean, I know that's part of the game. There's injuries, especially this year. But, you know, he, he also didn't play all that much. And then he finally plays a game and he's talking about money. And, how, you know, obviously he's at that point where he's going to, he wants to be taken care of for kind of the rest of his career. Yeah. So I know I'm yeah, on the it's fence. A bad look. You know? It's a bad look when you talk about, yeah, it's a bad look when you talk about money and then you have a game like you did. Yeah. Uh, Wait till the yesterday. Season, so uh, I hear you, but I still want him back there. And it does give us the option of using him as a free safety, letting him, you know, use his eyes and his intelligence to make plays, which he's great at right yeah. now. He's just not a great one-on-one cover guy when it comes to guarding guys with elite speed. And, you know, if he doesn't take too much of our salary cap, and he moves to safety, then, you know, we have something to discuss there. But at corner, I just don't see 
future being Richard Sherman. I like him on the field as a coach. He's a really valuable player because of his experience and his knowledge and his ability to teach. Hey, 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 there's that sound again. Oh, Just there it time. is. Another edition of Pat's Picks. And now, from the bar in the big sky, yours truly here, Pat Summerall. I'm here to give you predictions every week here on the Lucas and Lucas The Stick Podcast. Well, R343 is very proud of himself. I'm explaining it to the viewers. Well, he went 7-4 with his picks last week after I asked him. I, okay, fine, I begged him to do the picks for me. I needed a week off. Well, as the great Pat Mojito Miyagi would say, that's Mr. Miyagi, we have an obvious case here of beginner's luck. That's right. And I'm all for a friendly competition. But it is my show. That's right, it's my show. Pat's Picks is what they call it. Anyways, well, today we've had several hours of drinking and negotiations and came to an agreement. Therefore, I'm going to do three picks, and R3 is going to do three picks. Whoever wins more than the other will do the picks next week on my show. Mind you, it's called Pat's Picks. Well, C4, you should be shaking and scared because I did some research. I'm going to come back on you like the 1985 Bears. Yep, a jet sweep to the William Refrigerator Perry. Or was his nickname the Coke Machine? Oh, no, that was Lawrence Taylor. Okay, let's get on with the picks. Why, sure, you could go first, R3. Losers go first. For R3's first pick, Arizona's at the New York Giants. E7 will take the New York Giants at home. Denver is at Carolina, and E7 picks Denver. Terrible choice. Tennessee is at Jacksonville. He likes the Titans in this one. Now it's time for my picks. Kansas City is at Miami. I'll take the Chiefs by 10. Dallas Cowboys are at Cincinnati. Cowboys will win by a big margin. And the Indianapolis Colts are at Las Vegas Raiders. Look for the Raiders to have a terrible loss. I'm not going to pick the Niner game this week. I'm just going to cheer them on and hope they win. Don't want to Pete Rose that one. Well, prepare to lose, R4. Let's get another round. Thank you very much, Lucas and Lucas. Have a great day. But, uh, you know, I, I want to talk a little bit about an offensive player. I want to issue a complaint with Star Command <laughs> about <laughs> Kendrick Bourne. And that I, he's a good young receiver. But I think he should sit down and have a little conversation with a legendary receiver named Jerry Rice and talk a little bit about integrity because he doesn't need to celebrate every catch, especially when we're losing. It's kind of annoying when, as a fan, you know, I'm all for the celebrations when you're winning. But if you're losing the game, and especially that one, it, it wasn't a touchdown. <laughs> you know, he's out there celebrating like he just won the Super Bowl. And then that thing, they reviewed it and took it away from him. You know, I just, if you're not winning the game, if your team is not winning the game, I think this is why guys like Larry Fitzgerald will just 
take the ball and hand it to the ref. Right. You know, have some integrity, you know, keep fighting, but don't celebrate every catch. What do you think? Yeah, you know, when you're down when you're down by three scores and you get a touchdown late, like let's not let's not bust out the cabbage patch and the running man and the kid in play. Like you know, <laughs> save those save the dancing for when the, the score really means something and you know yeah. it's not just a, a garbage time touchdown. Um, you know, just because just because you get a first down in the third quarter doesn't mean you need to spin the ball and, you know, point your finger and tell everybody it's a first down. Everybody knows exactly. it's a first down. I'm all, I'm all on board with that. But at the same time, you know, he's young. He's, he's, he's an energetic kid. I, I like the fact that he's playing hard all the way to the end. Doesn't matter what the score is. He's trying to get open. He's trying to make plays. And he makes some unbelievable catches. I mean, sometimes really you're like, how did he get that? <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. So, you know. It's it's tough to stomach, but it's one of those things where you, you gotta, I guess, allow the guys to celebrate a little bit. But I'm just, I'm not a big fan of it. Obviously, you're not. Yeah, and I'm not gonna review the entire ups and downs of that depressing game. But uh, my two biggest takeaways from the game: one, we miss Nick Bosa. You know, big time. You just realize how freaking important Bosa is to this team and how dominant he is and creating pressure on nearly every play. It's just they were so much better last year with Bosa. Right. And then the second thing, and this one is so painfully obvious, that that game just reminds you of how important the quarterback position is. I'm not saying that Mullins is a bad player. You know, he finishes with 26 of 39 for 316 yards and three touchdowns. But at one point, they're comparing him to Patrick Mahomes during the game. (laughs) And you're just thinking to yourself, Apples to oranges. Bitch, that phrase don't make no sense. Why can't fruit be compared? If anybody watches, a lot of these stats are garbage time. You know, when he's already not done enough to win the game. Yeah, he makes a lot of throws, a lot of underneath passes. They're playing prevent defenses and everything's open. Um, That's my opinion. What do you think, Lucas? Well, yeah, to your your first point about Nick Bosa and D4, you know who misses him the most? Who? That would be Eric Armstead because he's not doing anything this year. And I think a lot of the sacks that he had last year were because Nick Bosa and D Ford, they were so good at getting quick pressure on the quarterbacks yeah. that it would either be pushed to step up in the pocket, run into the arms of Eric Armstead because he would typically play the uh, the inside three technique position on, on passing downs yep. and he would clean up on those sacks, but a lot of those sacks were caused by Nick Bosa or D Ford. Yeah, I agree. Very true. Armstead was definitely better last year with that incredible supporting cast around him, which allowed him to do his thing. And he's struggling this year and it doesn't help though. When you realize we're paying him $18 million this year. Right. Yeah. So he does have his strengths. He, he does play their one very well. Yeah. Um, he's just not a great outside rusher. He's better from the inside. To your other point about the quarterback position, you know, Nick Mullins actually had a pretty good game. One of the interceptions was off Brandon Ayu, but he also had about three near interceptions that he threw where I was just like, oh, man, that could have easily, that should have been an interception. And, Very true. I mean, Mullins, he's just been inaccurate. He's not right. doing a bad job. Right. He uh, Tredavious White was able to muscle the ball away from Jeff Wilson, even though he had his hands on it. Yeah. You, know, you just can't do that. You, that's, that was a huge play. Inaccuracies here and there, just not hitting guys in stride, throwing low, throwing a little high. Yeah. And that pass to Bourne, right? That pass to, to Bourne, Bourne, if yeah. it's placed in the right spot, that's a touchdown. 
Right. He threw it a little bit behind and didn't allow him to use his momentum to get to that corner. Um, it was just a little bit behind him. The defender was able to stop his momentum just before he got the ball over. So, you know, he, he didn't have a terrible game, but at the same time, uh, you know, we're not going to beat teams with elite quarterbacks if we're rolling in a guy like Mullins and we're not going to be able to score enough to keep up with Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers yeah. and now Josh Allen. You know, you got to put his exactly. name up there as one of the better quarterbacks in the league. So here's my question for you, Lucas. Do they start Mullins again, or they do they give Beathard another try, who has a stronger arm? But at this point, obviously, we're just trying to win some games to get Jimmy back. Right. Uh, in the meantime, what do they do? We stick with Mullins until Jimmy gets back, and I think he's going to be back sooner than later. Oh, wow. John Lynch has kind of alluded to the fact that him and George Kittle have been uh, practicing in a limited capability and, you know, look good out there, you know, and then of course, Kyle Shanahan kind of dismisses it right after the game and, you know, kind of backpedals from yeah. John Lynch's statement. So we don't really know if they're going to be back this week, but I think for sure they will be back uh, against the Cardinals. Nice. So I think Mullins just got to get us that win in, uh, in Arizona against the, the Redskins. And then, you know, it's going to be Jimmy. It's going to be George. Going to be Raheem, it's going to be Debo to take us the rest of the way. Stick with Mullins, right? I think Mullins still gives us the best quarterback option out there in terms of what we have right now in our locker room. Well, on a positive note regarding Mullins, he finally threw it downfield, didn't he? That was a beautiful 50 yard play to Brandon Ayuk, who made a great adjustment on the ball to make the catch. Yeah, we've been waiting for that all year. It's funny, it's like walking through the desert for a week with no water and finding a crystal geyser because. Man, they should be doing that five times a game. But when you see it on TV, I was thinking, God, what a catch! Oh, we can throw the ball deep. Yeah, we've been wanting to. We've been wanting to see that all year, right? And it just looks very easy. I, you, you know, you put it high enough so that you could just kind of adjust to the ball, and it just made it look really easy. Just a nice, soft, easy catch. You know, he, he's got very good hands. Good hands. What? Oh, you little cold hands. Well, hopefully, just seeing that he can do that, and they made the completion, well, you know, Shanahan will draw a few more plays up like that for Debo and Ayuk again. Ayuk finishes with five catches for 95 yards and one touchdown. He looked good out there, but, you know, it was just a really tough game to watch because we had our chances. Didn't come through when we needed to. We didn't stop them on third downs. Tough loss. Yeah, don't, don't forget about fourth downs. Oh, yeah, geez. The Bills did on every single one of those fourth yeah. down tries, even the one where we stopped them on the goal line. You know, the analytics say you got to go for it. Like, you're more likely to make it than, than not make it. And if you don't, then, you know, the team is backed up. So it just uh, it wasn't our night. It wasn't the type of game that we wanted. But, you know, there's still some season left over. And if we win the next three games, we have the opportunity to get into the playoffs. So you're telling me there's a chance. Yeah! Yeah, fingers crossed that Mullins can look the way he did in the first drive of this game. and you know, protecting the quarterback. He had some time in this game. The running game started to get going, but then the deficit built to 10 points. And after that, we started throwing. But it's time to get down in the trenches with Lucas Ortiz. Yeah, so this week, I want to talk a little bit about both sides of the trenches. Normally, I just talk about the offensive line and break down. There you go. Break it down for us. The good, the bad, the ugly. Yeah, I want to talk a little about the D-line. And, and you know, everyone's going to 
look at the box score and think, okay, we had, you know, four or five hits on the quarterback, you know, four or five hurries, one sack. But I did think that the deep line was winning a lot of their one-on-ones, but it wasn't enough. It was one guy at a time that would allow the quarterback, Josh Allen, to leak to his right or escape to his right. And, you know, he just, he was killing us every time he did that. He was really one of the best quarterbacks rolling to his right and uh, extending plays and, and getting positive uh, yardage. And we didn't adjust to that. But anyways, go ahead. So we we did not. We I really think Robert Sala was hesitant to start sending pressure via blitz because that means we got to play man on man. And, yeah. you know, you're we just don't have the we didn't have the personnel last night to do that. Our fourth string, our fourth string uh, nickel cornerback was not able to stay with any of the guys that were lining up against him, whether it be Beasley or McKenzie. And Richard Sherman is just not fast enough to stay with Stephon Diggs one on one. So really wasn't an option to to blitz guys too much. I think he did it a couple times and we got burned really bad on a touchdown pass. So the D line, you know, they they had an okay game. Yes, it could have been a lot better. I want to see a lot more from Eric Armstead. I want to see a lot more from Javon Kinlaw. He did have uh the, the rookie Kinlaw did have a really nice spin move on one play and flushed out Josh Allen. Unfortunately Allen was able to hit Cole Beasley on about a 22 yard pass play so you know it was, it was a good pass rush from uh, a kid that you know is growing and is getting better at that position yeah now on the flip side the offensive line struggled with pass blocking they yeah they didn't give up a lot of sacks but where they were giving up is a lot of pressure to nick mullins nick mullins did a really good job better than he's done in any other game of extending plays moving up in the pocket escaping pressure yeah although the, the offensive line we're giving up a lot of sacks. We're giving up a ton of pressure, and especially on the uh, Mike McGlinchey, Colton McKivitt side. Actually, it was Tom Compton played played a little bit at the right guard spot too. But the combination of the Tom Compton, McKivitts, and McGlinchey really played poorly, and that's where typically the, the pressure was coming from. And they really need to, to improve that aspect of their game. Yeah. And when it came to run blocking, they're great. You know, we just abandoned the run, and it wasn't to their fault. But you know, when we ran the ball, they they were really effective. They're great at opening holes, especially in that first quarter. Yeah. Which even the score just dictated that we had to become a little more one dimensional and, and throw the ball once we were down. I do give a little credit to the Buffalo defense because I think they're a little underrated. They seem they're pretty solid up front. Yeah. Well, you got a first round draft pick in Ed Oliver who, you know, he's, he's about where Javon Kinlaw is right now. He's, he's still got a lot to learn. He's got one more year of experience than, than Kinlaw has, but. He's kind of still raw and he's still learning. Exactly. Similar to Kinlaw. So Mepanisa, he he's he's got it kind of flashed on a couple plays. Uh you know, Harrison Phillips, he's a good run stopping uh defensive tackle and you know, he was able to take up double teams and allow the the, the linebackers more importantly to make a lot of the plays on the uh the bill. That's that's what sometimes a defensive tackle has to do is just literally take up two two blockers and allow the linebackers to have the space to make plays and make tackles in the backfield. And that's what the Buffalo Bills are really good at doing. Man. They did it last night. Exactly. Well, let's hope that uh, the line creates more holes and has more push against the Washington football team this week. And uh, we'll get back down in the trenches after we'll see how they do. Down in the trenches with Lucas Ortiz. Down in the trenches. So we need to talk keys to beating the Washington football team and uh, final score predictions. So why don't you start, Lucas? 
Yeah, so Washington's coming in hot. They beat the Pittsburgh Steelers last night. Yeah, geez. I didn't think that would happen. First loss, incredible, right? And the fact yeah. that it's it's Alex Smith, and we all know the ties he has to the Bay Area. First overall pick for the 49ers. Um, led them to that unbelievable uh, playoff run in 2011, I believe. Yep. Was the year that... Davis made that big catch. Right, right. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of I think a lot of people in the Bay Area are still pulling for him. He's a nice guy. I, I had the opportunity to meet him a long time ago when I was working at a restaurant in Palo Alto and he used to come in all the time. Alex, please sign my jersey. Great guy. He definitely benefited from having Harbaugh as a coach, having a quarterback as your coach, you know. Back he then did. you just he saw did. his play get so much better. He did. And he he really he really blossomed under Harbaugh and um, that was that was one of my fondest years of, uh, of 49er football. Yeah. And then Harbaugh comes in, Alex Smith all of a sudden reaches his full potential, and we just have this amazing year, go all the way to the NFC Championship game. Unfortunately, we, we lost to the eventual winners, the Giants. But, you know, like I said, Alex Smith is a really, really good guy. And to bounce back from that freaking injury, man, man. Oh, man, barely alive. Woo! Exactly. You got to pull from him. I mean, he's already not only he's won the, the comeback player award, we can him. they might name it after him. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's how amazing of a story it really is. I mean, he could have died. We have the capability to make the world's first bionic man. I mean, he had an infection so bad that they said that he, there was a good yeah. chance he wasn't going to survive it, let alone keep his leg. And now he's the starting quarterback on the Washington Redskins team. They just beat the the undefeated Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm pretty sure he has a bionic leg now. Better than he was before. <laughs> yeah, it's an incredible story. So <laughs> better, stronger, faster. I want the 49ers to win. We got to pull a little bit for Alex, and hey, hey. you know, I at least want to see him have a, a pretty good game, albeit a loss, albeit a loss at the end. So my score. Is going to be 49ers 34. I think we're going to have a really good offensive game. Redskins 24. Nice. How do you see it going, brother? So I think after this, watching this game, we got to get Debo going early. You know, he finished with only 73 yards on six catches, and I think five of those catches were in garbage time. So Mostert, I, I just I wish they would just use Mostert as the feature back in this game. It's not really Shanahan style, but Man, I want to see him get more touches. I want to see them throw to him out of the backfield. We got to make our blocks, you know. We got to protect Mullins, give him some time, and go downfield more. And hopefully Ayuk gets another big one, this time for a touchdown. I'm going to say 49ers 28, Washington football team 7. Nice. All right, let's get Debo and Mostert going early. Huh? All game, Yeah. all four quarters. I really want to see those guys have a huge contribution, so... We'll see how it goes. We'll see if, if Kyle sees the error of his ways and, and tries to incorporate more plays for, for Debo and uh, keep Mostert running the ball all game. Yeah. Realize what you have in Mostert and beat him the ball so that you're not taking away his time and having him sit out and watch guys get killed in the backfield. Right, right, right. Got that speed, man. You got to use it. Get around the edge. Let's uh, hope that we fare better. We have to now. Now every game is basically a must win so big time nice talking with you lucas and uh, go niners go niners baby season on the brink go niners here we go take care man later